0: Welcome to Life in Context, a conversational podcast where we explore life and relationships in the context of Christian faith, relationship with Jesus, biblical truth, and emotionally healthy practices. I'm your host, Esther. And I'm your host,
1: Jill. We come from different backgrounds and life experiences and bring our different professional and personal skills and training to our conversations. We agree on many things and we differ on other things. That's part of what we enjoy about our conversations. We love to encourage and challenge each other and our listeners to consider new approaches, new ideas,
0: and ways to think about life within the context of our faith. It's always our hope in these podcasts to bring real life strategies, positive ideas, and faith building practices that can be applied to these sometimes challenging topics that we all face in life. So let's get into today's topic. So once again, we are really grateful and thankful for the opportunity to be back here together. Jill, it is always so fun to talk about things of the Lord with you, and especially the topics that bring us to the strategies that we can use to find spiritual healing and emotional healing and to grow in our walk with the Lord and um, in our work with the Lord. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So, today we have a topic that I think could be really impactful and powerful, but also a little bit tender for some people. <laughs> We're going to yeah. talk about anger. I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> We're going to open up some things as we talk <laughs> about anger. Uh, but anger is a, a really key emotion, it's an emotion that everybody experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, And if you don't, it means there's some other things that we've been dealing with and you've been suppressing and calling it other things because it's real and it's natural and it's normal. But it also can be very destructive Uh and dangerous. Uh And I know that in your work, you do a a lot of work with people who are um, looking for a spiritual healing and release from the kind of anger that becomes a root. And so I thought we'd kind of talk about the two different kinds of anger and how there's the anger that's an emotion that kind of flares and goes away and the kind that gets settled in and is a root. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I have um, had uh, the opportunity to work with a lot of people and I can even say this was something for myself where um, I've worked with people that anger has been their protector anger has been their safe place it's needed you know i i like to tell tell people you know you did the the best you could with what you had you only know what you know till you know something different and if anger was something that kept you safe you know that's all all you knew to do that you know if things Mm -hmm. happened when you were really little and you came to the conclusion in your little spirit that it's easier to be angry than it is to be fearful or um depressed
0: Mm -hmm. Anger is our response to another emotion. And I know you and I have talked about this and people commonly hear the phrase that it's a secondary emotion. Mm -hmm. It's not a primary emotion like fear is. Um, It's a responsive emotion emotion that comes from uh, some other experience, some other emotion, but that doesn't make it a lesser emotion.
1: No. And like we were talking about earlier, it can feel very empowering. Mm -hmm. It can feel very empowering in places uh, of abuse. You know, uh, I have an example. I'm thinking of a, a woman I worked with many, many years ago that as a very young girl was bullied and she talked about a day that she was approached by a rather large crowd of kids that were going to beat her up. And she said, I felt something rise up in me. And she said, she beat them up. And she said that felt very empowered, empowered coming out of a place of feeling like a victim and being bullied into a place of, well, I'm going to beat you up. And, and described that staying with her for years and years and years, that that was her, her rage protected her and empowered her. And I'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about what came later, but I think that's a good place to talk about, about that feeling like it's empowering when it's actually a false empowerment, or some would even say a demonic empowerment when it's going on for that long.
0: Exactly. It it makes you feel like you have a choice, like you have some uh, power in your circumstances and situations, which is what empowerment is, but it's lying to you frequently and often anger so, so soaks into things that we apply it in other areas we begin to ha- lose control over it as a certified anger management specialist i was really surprised to discover that in when we are treating people with anger issues we're really not treating anger we're treating aggression mm. So we're treating not the emotion, but what you do with the emotion. Exactly. We're not telling people suppress the emotion, stick it in the closet, pretend (laughs) you didn't have it, call it something else, relabel it. We're telling them you need to be able to manage that emotion to know what to do with it. And anger is an emotion that left unchecked can be very, very hard to, to manage.
1: Yeah. I, I love that you're like what we were talking about with, it's not suppressing anger. Uh, I think some Christians, church people get the idea that you're not allowed to be angry. And Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 actually says, be angry and don't sin. So mm-hmm. what we're talking about is, what do I do with my anger? Mm-hmm. Uh, because there is righteous anger. And there's, I mean, it's a real feeling. So to suppress it can actually cause harm internally also. And that verse that is be angry, it's Ephesians four twenty-six and 27. That's be angry and don't sin, but don't let the sun go down on your anger. lest Satan gain a foothold. Now, I don't want Satan gaining any footholds in this girl.
0: Me either. It it really can't attach, and and we end up dragging it around, and it's attached to us. It's very restrictive. It it is interesting. You mentioned how church people can sometimes feel like they need to pretend they don't have it or to suppress it. And what I see sometimes is people just call it other things, right? (laughs) And they view their outbursts as um, not as rage, not as aggression, but as righteous something or other.
1: Oh, I heard, I heard a, a woman of God, um, who I uh, have some respect for, actually call it strong. She mm-hmm. said, um, people that work for me know I'm very strong. And then she went on to describe how she really just ripped her assistant apart. <laughs> and right. went, oh, that's not strong, honey. That's mean and angry.
0: (laughs) We need to call it the real thing, what it is, face it, be honest about it and deal with it. And I think really in spiritual healing and emotional healing, the only way to get healed and to get through it is to be honest about it. Mm -hmm. If we don't then we are not going to really tackle it appropriately. We're not going to take it to the Lord in ways that are productive and helpful. And healing. And healing. Mm-hmm. It's really what you do with it.
1: Um, mm-hmm. I, I, we talked about um, forgiveness in our one of our other podcasts. And I was talking about a season I had with a family member where I was really angry for about a year. Um, but I was angry and I didn't sin. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it like, cause I'm a, what does that mean? What does that look like person? And, um, I was praying for a heart of forgiveness, but it was, it was not, it was a really, really tough situation, extremely painful. And I needed to just feel what I was feeling mm-hmm. and move through it. And so I really, every night, I mean, I prayed constantly. I bless her. I I do not curse her. I pray she gets everything she needs in my anger. Because Jesus said, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. So it it really is a very counterintuitive um, uh, strategy with anger. So, I mean, really, with tears rolling down my face, so mad. And I was just like, Lord, but I bless her. I thank you for her. I pray she gets everything she needs. So I wasn't going to bed angry. I was going to bed. I wasn't going, like, does that make sense? I wasn't going to bed with my anger intact. I was going to bed with a willing heart to bless and not curse and just say, you know, only you can change my heart.
0: And I'm willing for you to give me that heart. I think it absolutely makes sense to me. And what I'm hearing is an actually empowered way to deal with it. You are making the choice through your relationship with the Lord to ask him to help you with this emotion. Mm. And that is empowering. That's where our real power comes from. It is a sacred process. It's not a natural process like forgiveness, like we talked about in that podcast. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. And we're going to need help with it. I also encourage people to process What's triggering their anger? What is it? Is it something current? Is it the current person that you're mad at? The current situation that's making you angry? Or are there other things that are behind you that you're carrying into this new relationship. And that's where anger can be dangerous because it does attach to us. We carry it into the next situation. We Mm -hmm. make assumptions and presumptions based on our anger. We allow it to dictate how we perceive the people and the things and circumstances around us. Based on past
1: experiences.
0: Yes. And I know that you do some work with people in praying through that and asking the Lord to come in Mm -hmm. to those spaces and, and you ask some interesting questions when you pray. You ask the Lord to show people what it might look like without that anger protecting them. Can you talk a little bit about what that process is like?
1: Yeah. So the person I was talking about that I, I was meeting with a long time ago who had that uh, experience with the crowd of bullies who she ended up beating them up. Um, so I'm, I'm working with her, well, I don't know, probably 20, 25 years later and in the moment she's at, we're talking about how anger just still comes up for her all the time. She was talking about like it it it's followed me. So we start to praying and, and you know Jesus where is it? Where where is where's the source? And so she has this memory of being a little girl. And when I'm asking her so Jesus what happens if you if you become her protector in that place, instead of her being her own protector. And immediately she was going, no, no, no way. No way. Like this is like that. That empowered anger was something that gave her a sense of power and also kept her safe in her own estimation. But it was costing her a lot as an adult. It was Mm -hmm. costing her a lot in her interpersonal relationships. So I just said, okay, so Jesus doesn't ever make anyone do anything. He's always a gentleman. He never forces, courses or manipulates. So I just said, okay, you stay there. Jesus, would you just show her what it would look like? What would it look like if she let you be the guard of this place instead of her being her own guard? Just what would it look like? And right in that, like this supernatural spiritual place, he showed her what it would look like if he was her shield, if he fought her battles for her. And she saw it. And just immediately started to weep, and said, "That looks really good. I want mm-hmm. him to do that." And in that beautiful place, that was the, I call it like the holy exchange. In that beautiful place, in it, in a deep spiritual place where there was a lot of trauma, she let him take his place as her
0: protector instead of her own rage. I think that is such a beautiful picture and such a key part of the process, is that. When we don't know what to do with our emotion and our our anger, particularly our rage, um, we can feel like we don't know where to take it, Mm -hmm. and there is that exchange. We can give it to the Lord, and I always warn people, when you're giving up something, you're Always getting something. You want to ask yeah. something for what are you something giving back. Me? <laughs> yes, is that peace? Is that hope? Is that joy? What is it that you need and long for? And as anger has been filling that space, mm-hmm. what are you asking? Well, you get to ask. You make that exchange. Yes, Lord. What what is it that that you'll give me, and and you can ask. Yes, I always and I always
1: ask like, what happens to her heart or his heart when you do that in that place. Mm-hmm. And it'll be peace, joy, comfort. And there's something very special about when when we as people give up being our own guard. And again, like I, it's always in a place where Jesus shows the people what it is. Because my experience is people don't just, if you just tell me, if I've been guarding something because I'm terrified and you tell me I just have to surrender, I'm not doing that. Right. I, I'm right. not doing <laughs> that. That has that's been how my my little fists were up for a long time, and I'm not. I can't surrender into an abyss, but I can surrender into my Jesus, who comes into that place. Or for other people, this is just what I find: is He's gentle. He is love. Love is a mm-hmm. person, and His name is Shalom. His name is peace. He comes into the place, never forceful, and and there's such a release when a person stops being their own guard of the thing. Mm -hmm. in a way that he shows them that it's safe to let him be their guard. And how scriptural is it that he's our shield, he's our strong tower, he's our deliverer, he's our our refuge. So to see him as the person being those things is just an amazing experience.
0: It so is. One of the things as you've been talking that I've been thinking about that's so key for people is how instinctive going to anger can be. And so when you are exchanging... And when you are surrendering, um, there is still a part of this that we have to play. And so sometimes people will say, um, I I just don't know what that looks like. I'm not giving it up. I don't know what to do now, right, (laughs) when it comes back. And for me, when I'm working with people, we've got strategies, biblically-based strategies that we go to, and I know that you do too, where we begin to retrain our brain mm-hmm. and our mind, we use those passages in Philippians for, uh, to think on things that are good and mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. to not spend our time dwelling on the things that remind us of anger, to be intentional about what we do with our thought pattern and how we think about people. And you mentioned before and blessing people, bless them
1: counterintuitive, bless mm-hmm. those who curse you, pray for those who spitefully <laughs> use you. And, and like, it, it does something to your own heart. And like, I can say with, with work that I do with people, when Jesus comes into the place, so this is, we'll probably talk about this in another podcast, but about protein synthesis and protein synthesis is how memories imprint in your mind by thinking something over and over again. Mm-hmm. So when you think a thought over and over again, it actually imprints on your mind. And what imprints on your mind actually, if, if, um, When a positive or negative thought becomes part of your permanent thinking, it lays foundation to perform the thought. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus becomes part of my permanent thinking within a memory, now he's laying foundation to perform what he wants to do. So if I have a memory where I've been highly offended, highly abused, whatever it all is, and Jesus comes into the place and, and takes me out of it or becomes my guard there, I now see him there. And it actually changes my mind. I actually see him in the place. And now my mind is no longer in the anger place. I see Jesus standing in front of me. I d- this is the work with people all the time. Is now they see how I work with people all the time is now they see him in the place. He's their guard. He takes them out of it and it actually has a protein synthesis um, process that now the memory just ha- it has Jesus in it. It's mm-hmm. just a very cool because he's Jesus.
0: <laughs> I always ask the Lord when I'm in these situations. Is there something that I can hang on to? And sometimes it's mm-hmm. a, a picture. Sometimes it's a passage. It's a verse. And I'll write it down. And you'll see it taped inside a cupboard. You'll see it in my uh, in my car. I'll carry yeah. it with me. I am making a mental decision to revisit that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a picture, a story, I write it out. I put it in a journal. Yeah. I reread so it. I encourage the people that I work with to do that as well. It is not just a mental process, but we don't turn off our brains. We, we are intentional about the process. It's not, it's funny that it is an emotion, but it's not just an emotional process. We don't just let our emotions drive us. Well, you can. Yeah, you can, <laughs> but you don't want
1: to. That's right. That's the whole point of what we're right talking about, exactly, right, my friend? Exactly. Well, I mean, I, I can I can confess, like my anger was, was something that as a young girl and into my, uh, before I was saved years, was something that was my defense. And um, it's not a good defender. And it ends up being so much bigger than the person. So Jesus providing the freedom. And I love what you're saying about retraining the brain. Like, I'm going to think about that. And when I think about that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meditate on this word. Mm-hmm. When I think about it. And so now it's, it's, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. Like It it's, is. It's, Absolutely. And the Bible knew cognitive behavioral therapy long before <laughs> the psychology therapist did. came up with it.
0: Absolutely. It is just a, a strategy given to us by the Lord to remember the good things. We are surrounded by positive things, but our brain will go to the hard things. And we talked about anger being a secondary emotion. Mm -hmm. It's driven frequently by fear, um, by hurt. And so sometimes the brain wants to go to the anger because it's afraid to go back and face the fear. Yeah. It's easier. It's easier. Mm -hmm. And one of the things when we begin to address the anger is that we do sometimes have to be honest about the underlying emotion. What has triggered that, and take that to the Lord as well. So it's sometimes not a simple process. No, it's
1: it's kind of an un, like you know it's
0: kind of an unveiling.
1: If anger has been covering my pe- fear and pain, then I probably haven't dealt with the fear and the pain. Mm-hmm. So it's an uncovering of well, wh- where is the place? Where is the origin? And Jesus, what do you want to say or do about that? Jesus, how are you loving me there? Mm-hmm. And Jesus, how do you see me there? Or or you, or whoever it is. And the, he's, the, the beautiful part about being a person of God is he's with us. He says, through me, you will push back your adversaries. I walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. I set a table for you in the presence of your enemies. So it's he's with us in it. We're not having to go through anything alone.
0: One of the things that I love in that passage is that there's an acknowledgement, we may have enemies. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we we feel a lot of guilt. It's like, well, how come there are people who are enemies to me? What have I done? Who am I? Sometimes that's not about us. He said, said, if the the world hates you, it's because they hate me. Right. So we may have enemies. We do probably have enemies, deserved or not deserved, or whatever the, the... The reality of that is he is in it with us. It's
1: just the most amazing truth of God that I just want to cry. There's Mm -hmm. nothing that we go through that he's not with us in. And um, he has told me, uh, I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but even if a wound is Mm self-inflicted, does it mean he's not faithful to heal it, that he doesn't care about it, or that he won't walk you through the consequences of
0: it? So that brings us to a very interesting point. A lot of people are angry at themselves. Mm-hmm. They're angry at the decisions that they made in the past, the choices that they made that have brought about results they didn't expect or didn't want or didn't anticipate. And they carry that for a long time. What do you do with that kind of anger? Same. is If, if a person has
1: themselves on the cross of their own life, you've got mm-hmm. you're at enmity with yourself self-unforgiveness self-bitterness self-anger is just as damaging um and a- antichrist in this, when I say it's it's against God because he loves you mm-hmm. and he's forgiven you there's there's no and I understand I mean I I didn't come out of my uh, addiction and all that encompassed that till I was 36 so um I had a lot to look at and recover from, but getting myself and helping people get themselves off the cross of your life. He died for it all. He died for that, 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 and yes, that. So ask Jesus, I, I, this is just, I know I'm a broken record, but it's just ask Jesus, what is, how are you loving me in the place where I'm not forgiving myself? Mm -hmm. And Jesus, how do you see me? And Jesus, what happens when you take my place on the cross of my life?
0: We are not called to walk in condemnation or shame. And when we ask Jesus that, and he shows us that, and he is always faithful to show us how he sees us, we won't see that condemnation. Mm. We won't see that shame. We won't see him picking up a stone To throw it at us Mm -mm. that's not how jesus views us and so we can have that freedom to go to him and ask him to show us when we can't see it Mm -hmm. we don't know
1: we have an enemy who's really good at what he does says we extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one with the shield of faith so the evil one throws darts i mean he still does it to me i've been out of that lifestyle for 18 years, but he'll still remind me of stuff I did back then. And the the Bible says, agree quickly with your adversary. So I just go, I sure did, but you can run along and talk to Jesus about it (laughs) because he he died for that.
0: I think one of the key things for people who are really feeling a lot of shame and blame and condemnation and a lot of self-anger is to evaluate, have you repented Have Mm -hmm. you confessed, repented, and if you have, have you received the forgiveness? Mm -hmm. And if you have, then you begin those same strategies that you do with anger at other people. You choose then to remind yourself of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. You choose to remind yourself that he rose from the cross, Mm -hmm. that... There is victory and we have to remind ourselves we're surrounded by the negative, by the fallen, by the broken, by the accusing, by the accusing, by the things that hurt, by the things that make us want to self-protect. We're surrounded by that and we have to intentionally surround ourselves with the knowledge that God is the ultimate victor.
1: And and with us, some and of my clients call it the us. Jesus bubble. Yeah. <laughs> the Jesus bubble. I'm in the Jesus bubble. The Bible says we're in Christ and Christ is in us. So when I'm in Christ, I'm in a <laughs> exactly. Jesus bubble. And when I'm, I'm glad you brought up confession and repentance because it says confess and repent that times of refreshing would come. Mm-hmm. And when I pray with people with repentance, uh, confession, repentance prayers, I always add and I ask for and I receive your mm-hmm. forgiveness mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth.
0: I spend a lot of time on that as well because I think a lot of people who are wondering. They've prayed, they've asked for it, but they don't feel like, like they're forgiven. Yeah, did it work? <laughs> <laughs> they, they're wondering, they're kind of like, I got to go back and do that again. I'm not sure. Maybe I didn't use the right formula of words. Right. I, I didn't know the Greek terminology mm-hmm. or, or whatever I was supposed to do. And they doubt it because the emotions don't always match Um, In the seconds, you know, in the instant. And when we say we receive it, Mm -hmm. when we say to the Lord, we accept it. Thank you. Thank you. And we sit in that. And I tell people, take some time. Don't rush that. Sit in that. Let the Lord show you what it is to receive it. Yes.
1: I think that's so important. And, I, and the lift,
0: just the lift. the lift. I feel like that's a space where a lot mm-hmm. of anger can dissipate. Yes. Now, there are things that as believers we are angry about. Mm-hmm. There are things that make us mad because this is a broken world. So the key is not to let that anger make a root in us.
1: Yeah, it's really it's really interesting because I've been um, talking about this with some of my groups lately and talking about, you know, there's a lot of... Um, Very divisive rhetoric Mm -hmm. in our culture to cause, I'm going to say it this way, Satan knows the Bible and he knows that if he can get people to go to bed angry, he gets to, it says, gain a foothold. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of very divisive rhetoric to to get us to spin, to get us to be angry. And then it's like, well, what am I going to do with that?
0: Yeah. It makes us uh view people in a different way it's much harder to love people it puts us in conflict and you know jill that's my other subject that Mm -hmm. i I specialize in is conflict and a lot of people go into conflict and they're angry sometimes they don't know what they're angry at don't know what they're don't know where to point it don't know where to point it it's not really about the issue Mm that it's really about the underlying Uh, anger and emotion rather than a dispute over money or offense or whatever has risen. And I think that that's one of the keys is that if we let anger become that root, it takes the space of loving other people, of trusting other people, giving other people space to hear from the Lord Mm -hmm. and to maybe have different opinions or positions or choices. And we are much more likely when we are angry to become offended Mm -hmm. Uh, to become rude in our behavior and to create conflict ourselves.
1: I agree. I it's stay having an angry root, staying angry actually stunts emotional mm-hmm. growth and emotional health. We're, we we sh- we're going to do a podcast on. Um, working through conflict and conflict resolution. So part of being angry and not sinning is actually having a process of anger, maybe with the person you're angry at, if they're a safe person to do that with. But moving through it, Mm -hmm. Like, moving through it, actually, it has a beginning and an end. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is with you with every part of it. And, you know, hopefully everybody doesn't have a year-long one like I had. But, you know, Jesus was with me every
0: step. I see people who who take anger for decades. Oh, I had anger for decades. (laughs) This was just a new one in my Christian life. (laughs) I, I, I see people who take it for decades. And I feel like... Anger makes it very difficult to have compassion. It is one of those emotions that really puts a barrier. A big block. uh, Like dark sunglasses. We cannot see the person across from us. It's much harder to have compassion or empathy or understanding. It's harder, even in a weird way, to, to listen and to understand what people are saying. It makes you think anger sort of tricks you and makes you think that if you understand them, then you have to agree with them or disagree with them. It, and when you have compassion and empathy, you're able to listen to understand somebody before you've drawn a conclusion, mm-hmm. uh, before you've made a judgment. And anger doesn't give you that space, that time. It just fills the space so quickly. So I really believe it's an important thing in today's culture, particularly. Seems like biblically it always has been. It
1: always has been. But,
0: but in today's culture, we're noticing it so much, so prevalent, so obvious, the anger that's just eating at people and causing so much damage to relationships, to lives, to emotional stability, and I'm really um, proud and thankful that you and I get the opportunity to share with people on how healing it can be to take our anger to the Lord.
1: Yes, it's it's wonderful, and it, that's, that's the verse, be angry, but don't sin. Yeah. So be angry, but just,
0: it's what you do with it. It is exactly what you do with it. Jill, I want to thank you for being so honest and and always so vulnerable. I think so many people in the church and um, in our, our culture, they're embarrassed to admit that they struggle with these things, but there is a comfort and a strength in community when we're honest and we share with each other.
1: I agree. Love it. We'll see you guys next time. Okay.
0: God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Life in Context, hosted by Jill Shankles and Esther DeWitt, edited and produced by BizVid Communications. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review and follow us and like us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help. For more information on who we
1: are and what we do, you can follow Jill at jillshankles.com. That's Jill, S-H-A-N-K-L-E-S.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Esther at peaceprof.com. That's peace, P R O F.com, and at peaceprof on Twitter and Facebook.